Hallelujah. Well, beloved, I'm calling these our fireside chats. <laughs> the fire and glory of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> anyway. Since October, you know, I was asking the Lord about the new year and what he wanted to tell us, convey through us. And since then, he's just been telling me, take the land. Take the land. Because it's yours to take. He's actually already given you possession but you have to take it in the name of Jesus. And he's given you a plan, and he's shown us a way to do it. So, we're, of course, take the land. We, of course, are going to go to Joshua, right? Right? Yeah, this is the year of Joshua. It's going to be your year of Joshua. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. It doesn't happen automatically. And you've got stuff you've got to do. You know, we have a covenant-keeping God who, who lays out all his promises in the word. You receive his promises if you believe, if you rest in him, if you trust in him. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. But you have to do it his way. So if there are promises that you're not seeing, adjust. Repent. Find his plan. Seek his way, his will. Ask him what he wants you to do. He doesn't keep any secrets. Our God keeps no secrets from us. It's just a matter of asking. Seeking, knocking. Because he says he answers and he gives. And he opens. So anyway... He's told me it's time to take the land. And I'm going to give you a little brief synopsis of what that really means. Because uh, it's all laid out. Everything very specifically laid out in Joshua. He first, well not first, it's actually in chapter 3. But he says, let the ark of the covenant of God go before you. Let the ark of the covenant of God go before you before you. You don't plan your way and then ask God to, you know, hey, did I do it right? Are you going to back me? He is not your puppet. You are his child and you're expected to do things his way. You're expected to get rid of idols, sin, distractions. Okay? So when he says let the Ark of the Covenant go before you, that's him. That's his presence. That's his heart. That's his will. That's his desire. So you seek him. We seek him. I seek him. Okay? I seek to do his heart. I seek to do his will. I stay in his presence. I ask for his presence. I draw near to him, and he draws near to me. Second, You know, a lot of preachers preach blessing. We preach blessing here because it's a covenant. There's nothing but good that God has for us. He has no bad. It's all good. 
but we let things get in the way. Why are we blessed? Why does he want to bless us? He wants to bless us. What? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Thank you. He wants to bless us because he loves us. That's his heart. But in order for us to understand how much he loves us, we have to get the idols gone because idols will distract you. Idols, and, and the devil will speak to you. You, will, you cannot help but receive the perfect will of God in your life, every promise of God, if you won't listen to the lies of the devil. You see, as long as you don't agree with the devil, and as long as you get in line with God, you are unstoppable. Nothing can stop the promises of God from happening in your life. And so we have this beautiful job, and everybody hates the word, but it's the most wonderful thing that you could ever do, and it is re repent. This year is going to be a year of required repentance. And that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone's in terrible sin. I'm not saying that. But anything that would push out the love of God, that would keep you from receiving the love of God, is something that needs to be gotten rid of. You know what I'm saying? So what can an idol be? You know, they can be things. They can be, you know, you watch TV all day. Uh, you're angry. Anger is an idol. Emotions, because it means you're really not trusting God in some area of your life. Jealousy is an idol. Covetousness is, a, is an idol. And it can be things, you know, it can be things and distractions, things that we do that take our, uh, take our focus off of God. It can be sin, you know, plain old blatant right out sin. Bible tells me not to do it, but I do it anyway. Because I think that's going to be fun, and in the long run, it comes back to hurt you. And see, he doesn't want you hurt. So when we repent, we get rid of all that. We change our ways. You know, seek him in the small things even. Little small things that might keep you from, from putting him first. Striving. Striving when you can rest. Am I making sense to y'all? Okay. The next thing, obey his word. Obey his word. Ultimately, his word is the command of love. To know his love, to allow it to wash you, and to love other people. Okay, that was number three. Because his, his word is his love. His word will lead you into his love. And we have to let his love answer every situation in our lives. That does not mean you are a doormat. That means you speak the truth in love. You don't tolerate sin, that's sin, that's not loving. You tolerate sin in someone else's life when they come and talk to you, and you're hurting them. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so in Joshua... He gives us this beautiful plan, his, and I'm going to his. It's his heart for us. He lays it out very clearly. And remember, everything that he does is for his glory. Everything that we do, we want to glorify him. So anyway, let's go to Joshua, one three. 
Okay, this is, this is his heart for you. This is his plan for you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. You don't have to fear the devil. God is with you. He fights for you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. That's his heart for you. Joshua 1.5 No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Hallelujah, that's an awesome promise. That means darkness will not be able to stand against you. Okay? He says that to us. And I, I want to reveal this to you. This, it says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. What an awesome promise. Joshua 1, that was Joshua 1, 5. It's also in 9. Joshua 1, 8. Let me find 8. Here's 7. Here's 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do, to do everything written in it. Okay, here's the promise. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Who in here does not want that? No, we all want that, don't we? We want to be prosperous and successful in every area of our lives. And we want to help other people be the same way. Okay? And then there's, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then there's this verse. Back up there in 1.6. And it says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Okay, now I want to tell you something. When Jesse Duplantis ordained me, and it's very interesting that Papa Herrick was mentioning this last week, because he didn't know what I was going to be talking about. But when Jesse Duplantis actually ordained me and Ken and all the kids in April um, for the ministry here, for the m new ministry at the church, um, and Papa Harry was with us, and he, he gave a word over every single person. And he said, I was Joshua. So Joshua leads the people to inherit the promise. Everything, everything that God has in the word. But let me tell you this. Each one of you is called to be a Joshua. Because what you grow in, what you've been given, you are meant to lead other people into. You see that? 
You have a commission to be a Joshua. You must be strong and courageous. You must put the ark first. You must obey the word. You must not shrink back. It's not funny. It's, it's not a time to be lazy. It's not a time to be a bystander. It is time to go out there and take the harvest. It's only going to be done if you do it. That's a big responsibility. That's an awesome responsibility. It's precious. God trusts you, obviously. Okay. So, that's his plan for you. That's how he sees you. Big, strong, courageous. Defeating the devil with him. Taking the land. Not being overcome by darkness. See that? Okay. So then, he gives us the way to do this. He gives us the plan to inherit the promise. Let's go to 1 Joshua, Joshua 1. It says, in both 6, 7, all three, 6, 7, and 9, it says, be strong and very courageous. You must be strong and very courageous. You do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Where the love of God is, honestly, no fear can exist. Even in life and death situation, no fear can exist. Okay? Be strong and very courageous. Hebrews 10.39, it says, We are not of those who shrink back, but of those who are of the faith. Of the faith. Okay? So we are going to be strong and, 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 and courageous. Christ in you, Christ in you, is stronger than any difficulty you will ever come up against. Christ in you, stronger than anything the enemy can ever bring into your life. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Have no doubt about that. Only obey God and do not turn from his commands. It's absolutely ridiculous to expect God to bless disobedience. Don't go do something your own way and think that that, that you just have an overarching, I'm going to be blessed no matter what I do. Now he's very clear. Tells us to meditate on the word, to do the word, to obey the word, to walk in the command of love. What is, what is that in the New Testament? It was the law in the Old Testament, but Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And he gave us the new command, to love one another as he's loved us. Okay? So it says, obey God, and we're going to go to first to Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law. Our law today is, is the command of love. My servant Moses gave you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. You must read the word, you must meditate the word, you must know what's in the word, and you must do the word. Regardless of the circumstances. The world, the world will tempt you 
to do things that it considers fun. So where are you going to spend your time? Where are you going to put your heart? Is this making sense? Okay. Meditate on the word day and night and do it. Joshua 1.9, do not be terrified or discouraged. Give no place to fear. That's your job. You understand that? When you, when you trust the Lord, when you get to know him, you'll get to know him through his word. You'll get to know his heart through his word. That develops your ability to trust him. When you trust him, you rest on him, and you, you can believe what it says. You know, if we all acted like we really believed this, what a wonderful world it would be. <laughs> that was a great Louis Armstrong song, wasn't it? Isn't that who that was? What, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. Well, the world's not so wonderful. But our world is wonderful. Our world where we walk with a loving Father in our hearts, at our side, fighting for us, taking care of us. Hallelujah. Let's go to Joshua 3.3. 3. It says, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Renew your mind. Don't follow the ways of the world. You know? What, what, are, what are some of the enticements of the world? Lust. What are some of the lusts of the heart? What are some of the lusts of the mind? I mean, we can name big ones. Murder. Pornography, drugs, alcohol, sex. But then there are the little foxes, aren't there? Like we said before, jealousy, anger, unforgiveness. Whoa, that is way too poisonous to hang on to. If someone does you wrong, pray for them, just you know, they're not, they don't understand what they're doing. What did Jesus say on the cross? They know not what they do. They know not what they do. Well, when someone hurts you, harms you, man, let it go. I know this is a little bit of a silly example of it, but when I lived in New York, I went to a, a Broadway show one evening, and I came back to my car, and it was broken into, and all the stuff inside of it was gone. That's a pretty crummy feeling. So, you know, I filed a police report hoping to maybe get some of that back. I didn't get any of it back. But what do you do? You just pray for that person, and then you, you just offer it up. Have you, if someone steals something from you, you know, God will get it back to you later. More than what you ever had to begin with. If you offer it up. If you forgive. If you, you know, so everything, everything in my car that night that was gone, my wallet, my money, my racquetball rackets, all my stuff, I just said, Lord, I'm offering it to that person as an offering into their life. And I'm not going to let this upset me. I'm just going to move on. I just give it as an offering. 
Well, what does he say he's going to do if you give it as an offering? He's going to recompense you a hundredfold. So just let him handle it. Just move on. And that's a real easy example because, you know, I didn't know that. I'm, you know, I, it's harder maybe when it's in your family or amongst your friends when they do things that hurt or harm you. But just so love into their lives. Okay? Does that make sense? So follow the ark. Seek God's counsel. Seek his way. Like I said, he doesn't keep anything secret. It's all right here. He says, man, Proverbs 16, 9, it says, man has a way that seems good to him, but God is going to order our steps. So when we just hand it over, he's going to order your steps. He's going to help you. He's going to show you the way to victory. All right? And then it says, did I cover Joshua 1.9? Do not be terrified or discouraged. Okay, okay. So let's go, let's go back there. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. You see, we have an obligation not to get in fear. Believe God. Believe the word. There's nothing the devil can do to you that is greater than what God has provided for you. You understand that? Nothing the devil can do to you that is greater than what God has provided for you if you just walk in his way. So it says, do not be terrified. That's a command. Do not be discouraged. And you know what? It's an easy command to follow when we understand how much he loves us and what his good and great plans are for us. Because then we can rest in him and, and, and fear has no hold. Fear cannot get a, hard, a hold of our hearts and our spirits. Okay? Then it says, let's go to Joshua 6.20. Okay, I'm just reminding you, these are the steps we take so that his plan is fulfilled. When the trumpet sound, sounded, the people shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in, and they took the city. You have a shout that you are responsible for speaking out. You have a word that you are responsible for speaking into your situation. And that word, <coughs> excuse me, must be shouted when you don't even see the wall down. You see that? They just did what the Lord told them to do. He had given them the whole plan, and he said, you know, walk around, walk around, walk around, walk around. Probably it just seemed like they were walking around this mountain that was never going to come down, and it was just time, day after day after day. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there, and you've been saying, when, Lord, when is this going to end? 
Go read Psalm 13. But anyway, when, when is this going to be over? When is the victory coming? Well, you see, he had already destined their possession if they listened to him. He already had that. He already had the whole plan. That was what he saw, was them in the land, conquering every enemy, leaving no survivors. Theirs. It belonged to them before they went in because of his heart for them. But you have to shout before the wall comes down. You don't sit there listening to the devil and all the fear and all the, you know, it's not going to work out and you're never going to get your healing and you're not going to do this and you're not going to have enough. You, you, don't, you, you can't do that. You shout and then the wall falls. You believe. You stand. You stay on the rock. Jesus. Okay? So they shouted, and, they, and then what happened? Look at what they did. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. Now that sounds really awful, doesn't it? I'm just going to go in there and destroy it. No, you're supposed to destroy the enemy and the power of God. He doesn't have you go through all this so that you can be tormented by demons your whole life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not putting y'all to sleep, am I? <laughs> Good. So anyway, you shout, you take the land, you speak the word. You don't give up, no matter what it looks like. Do not give up. Do not quit. Stay tenacious. And then... Joshua chapters 1 through 11, I'm going to read some of that to you. I'm not going to read it all to you. But it says over and over and over and over, they left no survivors. They left no survivors, no hidden skeletons in the closet. When God takes you to possess a land, you're not going to have those tormenting skeletons left over in the closet. He's going to cleanse it all. But what do you have to do? You need to get real with God. You need to quit saying it's not an issue. You need to lay it before him. You serve a merciful God. He already knows about it. But you have to get it out in submission to him. Everyone has, you all know the little foxes that come and try to torment you, right? Well, just, just let him annihilate those. But be honest, get it out, talk to him, you know, put it out. You know, talk to him, repent. If, need, if, if it's a situation that needs repentance, repent. It'll be the most wonderful day of your life. Because he'll come in and just cleanse it all out. Right? 
So anyway, you can't hide anything from him anyway. <laughs> you can't have any hidden plans. <laughs> okay? So don't hold it back. Don't have any reserves. Don't have any plan B other than what God's plan is for your life. He tells you he's going to direct your steps. He says he is the voice speaking to you, saying to you, this is the way, walk in it. He counsels you with a loving heart upon you. Okay? So trust God and do it his way. Anyway, so all those chapters, we're going to go through a few of those in a minute. He just says over and over and over, they left no survivors. There was no darkness left. There were no demons that could come back, right? That's his intent. That's his intent. So let's go to Joshua 10. Here's Joshua 10. Now remember, Joshua was coming up, Joshua and the Israelites were coming up against five kings. Wasn't, they weren't just facing, you know, one king. It didn't matter to God. God made the sun stand still. Joshua made a request. And God made the sun literally, literally made the sun stand still to bring victory. Well, do you think he can't do the same for you? Well, he can. He doesn't change. He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So anyway, where was I going to go? Joshua 10:24. See, we we got to do it his way, and no darkness will be left to hinder us. There's 16:24. Look what he did. Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Do you want to do that to your enemies? Remember, an enemy is never a person. An enemy is a spirit motivating a person. You love the person. You pray for the person. You ask for God's wisdom for that person but you give no place to the devil. You recognize the motivations of the devil. Anything against the word of God. Okay. And you will put your feet on the necks. They placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. To all the enemies, you are going to fight. And he tells us time and time again through jo throughout Joshua that he fights for us. Your, your role is to agree with him so that his plan can come true. You agree with him. You don't listen. The only way that you can lose is to agree with the devil. But we're not going to do that in this church. No, sirree, Bob. Joshua 10, 42. It says, 
all these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Wow. He overtook and conquered all the enemies, all the land in one campaign because God was fighting for him. But what was Joshua's heart? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <coughs> Don't think you can't serve him and get the dessert. He can do that, and he often does do, bless you, <coughs> out of his great grace and mercy. Because he loves you so much. Because you'll never be perfect. <coughs> and he takes care of you anyway. But oh, how much greater when we agree with him. And do it his way. Okay? How much more glorious. How much more it glorifies him. How much greater the reward. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So he defeats our enemies. Did I just read, I just read Joshua 10, 42. Let's go to Joshua 11. Oh, wait, I just read 11. Didn't I? No, I didn't. Okay. Joshua 11, 15. L look at this. As the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did it. He did it. They put the ark before him. He did what the Lord told him to do. And what happened? He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua took this entire land. For the year of 2022, you are meant to take the land, but it is going to take some dedication, obedience on your part. Understanding the love of the Lord, understanding how much he loves you, understanding the goodness that he has for you, and going after it with all you, with all you are, with all you have. All right. So that's the plan. That's how he tells us how to accomplish the plan. When we do this, we take the entire land. It says in Joshua eleven twenty three. So Joshua took the entire land just as the Lord had directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. He has an inheritance for you when you do it his way. Now I want to go back. And I'm just going to real quickly, like, I'm just going to speed through these so you probably can't turn there. But I'm going to show you so many places where he said, I've given them into, you hand, into your hand, there are no survivors. Are you all understanding what it means when it says there were no survivors? 
that is such a cleansing thought. Because what it means is it's, it's not a thing that we want to consider in terms of the emotions of vengeance. You understand? Because vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. Okay? This is something, there were no survivors, they left no survivors. This is something where in your own personal life, where there are let me see. Let me put it in a different way because I don't want people to think that I'm talking about demon possession or anything like that. But where there are demons, where there's darkness, you know, where there's pain, where there's division, you know, where there's lack of peace. You see, when we do this God's way, all those, I'm just all that darkness is cleansed out of our spirit. You understand what I'm talking about? When we repent, when we follow, when we obey, when we do the word, when we know the love, when we walk in the love, when we share the love, all that darkness, whether it's bitterness or unforgiveness or pain from the past, you know, Paul was the most wretched persecutor of, of Christians, and yet later when he had come under lordship of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're talking about here, is true lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of your life, he could honestly stand before God and men and say, my conscience is clean. Do you want your conscience to be clean? He actually said, I have wronged no man. Well, he, mur he, he stood by, he watched them murder. He, he, he watched them be murdered. He stood by at the stoning of Stephen. He put him in jail. He went and got papers so that he could unjustly persecute them. And he said, my conscience is clear. There is nothing at all that has ever gone on in your life that God cannot cleanse if you will turn it over to him. Be the first to repent in every situation. You'll get the blessing. Don't ever worry about what somebody else thinks. The only thing that matters is what God thinks. That's it. Just live to please him. And he gives you so much freedom. That's what freedom is. You can live free from every enemy. You can live free from every darkness. You do not have to be entangled by the mistakes of your past. He has freedom for you. All right, so where was I? I was going to tell you all this stuff about... Okay, so I'm just going to go sh through these kind of quickly. 10-8, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. 
10.14, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. 10.19, but don't stop. Do not stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear. Do not let them reach your cities. Do not let them lodge in your heart. You see that? Don't let them reach your cities. Don't let it stay lodged in your heart. Don't let it stay lodged in your mind. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear. Don't let them reach their cities, for the Lord your God has given them into your hand. Ten twenty-eight. That day Joshua took Bacchanah, he put the city and its king to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. 30. He left no survivors. This, this, this whole thing goes through all these kings that he fights and these lands that he takes. So there's nothing that you, there's nothing that you need to reserve from God. He wants you to take every city, every land, Every enemy, every little fox. Okay? So these are all different kings and lands. 1030, he left no survivors there. 32, the city and everyone in it he put to the sword. 33, till no survivors were left. 35, totally destroyed everyone in it. 37, he left no survivors. 39, they left no survivors. 40, he left no survivors. Joshua subdued the whole region. All these kings in their lands were conquered. Do not be afraid of them. This is 11.6. Because by this time tomorrow, I will hand them all over to Israel, slain. And the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. 11.8, until no survivors were left. Are you getting the point? Everyone in it, 11, they put to the sword. They totally destroyed them, not sparing anything that breathed, and he burned up Hazor itself. Don't allow the enemy to have breath in your life. See what I'm saying? Anything of the enemy that is breathing... Put it under the blood. Wow, are y'all getting it? (laughs) Don't let it breathe. Don't let it lie to you. You see, God has a place for you to live where there are no survivors of the enemy, no surviving darkness, no matter what the pain, no matter what the situation over and over and over again. You do not have to live with surviving darkness anywhere in your life. You are meant to walk in the glory of God. You are meant to walk in the full covenant, the fullness of Christ, not part of Christ. Read Colossians. Read Ephesians. It says that you are meant to exist here in this world, not just in eternity, (coughs) 
in the fullness of Christ. Everything that he died to give you. If you do not believe that, you are not believing in the resurrection. He went to hell. He defeated the devil. He stripped him of everything, which he never really had to begin with. So that you could live in the fullness of the entire covenant. All that Christ came. And if you don't believe it, you have not ascended with him. And you are meant to live an ascended life with him. It is your time to take the land, but it is not for cowards. It is not for compromisers. It is not for tolerators. It is for the people who want to live in the spirit of truth of the word. Jesus said, he has given us the glory that God gave him. When you walk and allow the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, to go before you in agreement with him and his word, That's the glory. Any demonstration of Jesus here on this earth is the glory of God in your life. The world is going to get a whole lot darker. And you do not need to be moved. You stand on the rock. You lay on the rock. You sit on the rock. Whatever you want to do, make it on the rock. The rock is Jesus. The rock is the word. The rock is the love of Christ. Don't be torn away by the things that are going to be happening in the end times. Keep your focus. Make your feet steady. When I was laying on that rock, you know, where the Lord took me, that was Jesus. You do the same thing. Excuse me. Anyway, so what's the land? What's the land? What's the land of milk and honey? What's the promised land? Well, it is the covenant of God. It is everything that he's given us in the word. That's your land. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It is walking in the divine presence of God. Here. It is saving the lost. Every one of you is a Joshua in somebody's life. You need to find them, talk to them, bring them to church, love on them with the love of God, and get them in a word church where they can be grown up and edified and blessed. 
where they can see all that God really has for them. You have a commission to bring in the harvest. To bring in those who need to be saved. To bring in those who are hurting and wounded. So that they can be built up and loved. And I think this is a great church to bring them to. Because of you guys. Because you're diligent in the word. You see? Because you have hearts after God. You should be dragging people in here every week. It's Time is short. The land is what we've been talking about in terms of defeating your own demons. But that's a really bad phrase. You shouldn't say your own demons because you don't claim them, right? But the demons that try to speak to you about your past or about your future. Philippians 1.6 says that God is going to complete the good work that he started in us. In us. Jeremiah 29.11 says he has good plans for you, for hope and a future, not plans to harm you. Plans to help and bless you. Okay. This, this would also, the land, the, the land, it would also include any dreams that he's spoken to your heart. If he has put it in your heart, if he's told you to do something, don't back off. Don't go find some other plan that you think might be a plan on the way to his plan. You understand what I'm saying? Just do what he's told you to do. He'll bless it. Okay, final thoughts. Joshua 23. These are all things he's going to do for you when you do it his way. He will give you rest. You will dwell in safety. You don't have to be anxious. He establishes his peace for you. Let's read 23.1. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them. See what he does? He wants you to rest. He gives you rest. He gives you peace. Verse 9. Oh, by the way, let me go back up here. 3. Halfway through 3. To the end of 3. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember. Remember that. It is not you doing it. It is him through you. Everything, everything that we accomplish is because of our good God, our good Father. It is what he has done, not what we have done. Okay? Where I, uh, verse 9. The Lord has driven out before you, great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you routes a thousand, because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. We know his love for us first. And we love others with it. We love him back. 
We can't help but love the Lord our God when we understand how much he's done for us, the sacrifice that he's made, and how much he loves us and cares for us. Verse 14. Now I am about to go the way of the earth. This is Joshua speaking. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Not one. That's your promise today when you put him first. Verse 24.10. It says, But I would not listen to Balaam. Remember Balaam, okay? I'm not going to go through all that, okay? That was basically an enemy. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. He delivers you out of the hand of the enemy, and he causes your enemies to bless you. Hallelujah. Only a good God can do that. So remember, you have not done, you do not do it of your own accord. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ in you, bringing about the good, precious plans of the Lord. It is us staying committed to doing things God's way, obedient to the word, to the command of love. Verse 12 in 24. Did I just read verse 12? I read 10. 12. I set the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. <coughs> also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. You might think you did. But when you obey him, there is a supernatural power that comes on the scene. Holy Spirit fire. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them, and you eat from vineyards <coughs> and olive groves that you did not plant. Glory to God is right. <coughs> Glory to God is right. And that's where we're all destined to live. 14, now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness, with all faithfulness. Don't turn to the right or to the left, but keep your eyes on him. He will never, ever disappoint you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You can only serve one master at a time. It's either going to be God or it's going to be the world. And all of you in here, I'm sure, are old enough, wise enough, to know that the world will always disappoint. It will leave you broken and hurting, oppressed, depressed, and that isn't God. He'll never do that. He will bring you out of every bit of it when you serve him 
faithfully. But if serving the Lord, I read that, then choose this day whom you will serve, whether the God your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. <coughs> 17. It was the Lord your God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery. You can be totally free from every land of slavery. Because where Christ is, is freedom. His grace, his mercy, and his love for you will walk you into a land of freedom. From the land of slavery and perform these great signs before eyes, he protected us on our entire journey. Wow. The protection of the Lord is for you in your journey. Rely on it. Depend on it. Trust in it. And finally, 23. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you. You get it? Do you know what the foreign gods are? Everyone has foreign gods in their own lives. Throw them away. They are idols meant to bring pain and enslavement. Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel the God who loves you, the God who is merciful and kind, the God whose mercies never end, but are new every morning. Do you know that his mercies for you are new every morning? His love for you is steadfast no matter what you've done. And his word is only meant to draw you into his love. so that it can just be poured out like rivers in your life. So that's what the Lord has for you. So if you want me to give you this little synopsis of Joshua, I won't take long. What did he mean when he said, take the land? How are you going to do it? You're going to let the ark go first. You're going to seek the presence of God. You're going to trust and you're going to rest in him. You're going to repent of idols. You're going to repent of distractions. You're going to repent of sin. You're going to open up the closet and let him come in so that there are no skeletons or little foxes that you keep hidden from him because they're not hidden anyway. Right? You're going to obey his word, which is his love. You're going to follow the way of love, 1 Corinthians 14.1, I think, says. Follow the way of his love. And you're going to let his love answer every situation. That's the year of Joshua. So 
So, Lord, I just thank you that you have commissioned us to take the land. I thank you, Lord, that we enter into your love. I thank you for your love, Lord God, that it shows us the way. I thank you that you've given us the plan, that you've made it clear, like tablets, written on tablets before us, Lord God. Lord, I just ask you to bless every person in this room with courage. Help them to be strong. Help them not to shrink back. Help them draw nigh unto you as you draw nigh unto them, Lord God. I thank you for victory in their lives. I thank you that they take the land, the land of milk and honey, the land of promise, and that when they do that, Lord, that you you are glorified. Because we are here for one purpose and one purpose only. And it is to bring glory to you through our lives hidden in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. So we're going to take your tithes and your offerings.